The Onyx Tower is one of the oldest surviving buildings in Stygia, and to talk about the Onyx Tower, we will talk also a little bit about Karen, but he is not the focus of today's episode. I wanted to talk to you about the Onyx Tower. Hello everyone, welcome to the table, my name's Nathaniel. This is a channel where we discuss lore around some of your favorite role-playing games and mine in hopes that you can build some better worlds for your players and for your games. If you want to join a fun community to talk about these games that we enjoy, and uh, I also participate there as well, come check out the Discord server, link is in the description below. Now, as I mentioned, the Onyx Tower is the oldest building on Stygia. Stygia is an island in the Tempest. It is also a major western city for dead spirits to go to. The Onyx Tower is the tallest building on the island. The tower was built on Onyx Point. Originally, the tower served as a lighthouse, and this was to guide the new souls coming into Stygia, or the Isle of Sorrows. And it was also a warning light, as lighthouses are, to watch out for the rocks. As time passed, the tower was added to and it grew. It wasn't always the 18-story monstrosity that it is now. From the outside, the tower is very plain looking. It is black, it is silver, and it goes up into it goes up into the sky. And of course, there's the soul fire guiding light that is the light for the lighthouse. Now inside the tower, there is a spiral staircase that goes all the way up. As you go up, there is a door that denotes each new floor, and there is a special Arcanos on each door. An Arcanos is a spiritual ability. These can be learned. The higher level they are, the more difficult they are, obviously, to learn. The 16th floor is a little bit different. It is a large open room, and it is a basically a mechanical model or some sort of machine that's in there. It moves around like a solar system model, but it's not of the solar system. It's designed to show the nature of things and the relationship of things between the different Death Lords or the guilds. However, only the trained eye will be able to decipher any of it. The 17th floor is rather plain. There is a large stone table in the center of it. There is some chairs around the table, also made out of stone. That's about it. The table and what it was actually used for, its original purpose has been lost over time, nobody really knows. It's presumed that there was some sacrifice made on the table at some point, since there are some grooves on the table, but nobody really knows. After Karen's disappearance, the Death Lords have used it as their forum hall. Now, the 18th floor is also slightly different. This is where Karen's throne is. It is made of the same black material as the tower, and there are windows all around the top. The throne sits on a dais that can spin, and so Karen could actually look out at any point of the island and see what was happening, or look at what was happening, or just get a nice view. The floor also contains the eight sigils of the legions of the hierarchy. There are some markings on the outer side of the eight sigils. Those contain more sigils, 16 in fact. These would be the 16 sigils of the guilds. Now, if someone was to look at that in today's version of the Onyx Tower, you would find that three of those sigils have been smashed away, as if somebody's taken a hammer to them and removed them from this, this floor marking. But around the base of this tower, there is a very active marketplace. Many spirits, many wraiths will come and set up shop and do business at the base of this tower. Although the tower has been locked for a very long time. It's been locked essentially since Karen went to go fight Gorul. But the lighthouse portion you can get into, and it still serves as a beacon for wayward wraiths. Try to say that five times fast. 
Wayward rates, wayward rates, wayward rates, wayward rates, wayward rates. That's five. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The Onyx Tower is such a landmark and such a important piece of what Stygia is and who Stygia is that they're often tied together. When you think of Stygia, you think of the Onyx Tower. It is a shining and somewhat ominous monolith. It towers over the Death Lord Citadels, it towers over everything. And the Lighthouse Beacon is so powerful that it can be seen from the very edges of the Sea of Shadows. Stygia has survived several great maelstroms. They have done their damage and left their mark on the city, but it has always remained and always rebuilt. The Onyx Tower is no exception to this. There are some rumors that surround this tower as well, that it was built on pieces of the original lighthouse from Alexandria. And every so often, its light will pierce the shroud and help wayward sailors find their way home. Coming out of the tower, there is a single road that goes basically across the entire island. It is called the Road of Lords. It used to be a very difficult road to travel, <laughs> but over the millennia, the dead have made it a little more easy to travel on. Instead of being sharp up and down slopes, they've made tunnels and smoothed out rough areas, so it's gone through its own transitionary period as well. For a while, there was some residential communities around the Onyx Tower. And when I say a while, I mean like through most of history. <laughs> there were some residential areas, some businesses that didn't want to be harassed by the patrols that came up and down the Road of Lords. But it wasn't until the 20th century when Karen ordered that the area around the Onyx Tower, called the Iron Hills, now belonged to the Onyx Tower. It was now part of his territory, part of his property. Karen used the area to house new spirits that were coming into Stygia because they had nowhere else to go. When you have an island that doesn't grow over incalculable amounts of time, you run into a bit of a population problem. More spirits come, less places for them to go. And with the mass eviction that he did, if it makes you feel any better about the guy, he did fairly compensate the, the rates for their abodes, for their homes, their areas and places of business. It, he, he overcompensated them for it in terms of monetary and items and things, but he still kicked them out. Now, while there have been many storms that have come out of the Tempest, not all of them have been a great maelstrom. However, the first storm that was big enough to earn that title also had it happen during a time of war. Stygia had been given warning that a maelstrom was coming or a big storm was coming. They decided instead of preparing for the storm, they decided to get ready for war. And Karen was not here to direct his forces. He was off fighting on a different battlefield trying to stop the forces of Oblivion from coming through. After the storm had ravaged Stygia and destroyed it leveled the city, basically. It destroyed everything. Almost everything. The specters that were fighting the city came in on the heels of the storm, and whatever the storm didn't take care of, the specters did. They razed the city, and they ransacked the Onyx Tower, Karen's home. Now, as Karen and his forces returned to Stygia, they drove out the specters and were able to reclaim the city. It took several decades to do, but they were able to rebuild Stygia back to what it was. That doesn't mean that there wasn't storms that happened again that sort of delayed their building process, but Stygia was rebuilt. And some of the horrors that had also come out of this storm, some of these 
creatures, and they also caused a bit of problems for the residents of Stygia and for Karen. Some of the wraiths who were displaced by this had really lost their faith in Karen, and they set up encampments outside of Stygia along the roads and the pathways to get in. And they would actually cause problems by tearing up the roads and spreading rumors and malcontent with other spirits. Some of these wraiths even pierced the veil, going into the skinlands and presenting themselves to mortals as demons, demanding sacrifice. It took a few centuries, but that was how long it took Karen and his armies to destroy all of the problems and all of the creatures that had come out of that first maelstrom and solve the problems of all these other wraiths that had been not listening to him. In the brief time of peace that followed, the Onyx Tower was rebuilt. The outcome that that first maelstrom had in the Skinlands also provided Stygia with a vast new array of new souls. These souls were worked to near death, and when they were approaching their death event, they were instead crafted into items that Karen used to further his own purposes in the Onyx Tower forges. The Onyx Tower was raided again for a second time. After the city of Stygia had been rebuilt, the wraiths of that period, or the race of those times, they sort of grouped together and formed guilds. They were societies modeled on trades of the living. Karen took credit for the formation of the guilds, and that will come into play later. He also formed a group called the Hierarchy, which he himself was on top of with his death lords underneath him. The Hierarchy demanded that the guilds work for Stygia and for Karen, for free. They didn't really appreciate this, and the guilds revolted. One particular guild of note in this revolt was called the Fishers. The Archbishop of the Fishers, which was the largest guild in Stygia, they had the largest taxes levied on them, and they were not too pleased about it. They paid some lip service to Karen and to the Onyx Tower, and they went off into their own guild hall. And by guild hall, I mean it was a temple. It's called the Fishers Temple. Now, the Fishers also had a private army of their own. On top of being the biggest guild, having their own private army that Karen did not control, he saw them as a threat, and rightly so, or maybe self-fulfilling prophecy, he ordered their guard to be disbanded. And then he increased the tithe that they had to pay to him. This did not sit well with the Fishers. The Fishers at one point organized a massive insurrection, and they tried to take the Onyx Tower. Unfortunately, the Fishers were betrayed from somebody within. One of their own members did not feel that this war against, or this attack against Karen and the Onyx Tower was justified, and they gave the Onyx Tower and the Death Lords an advanced notice. Needless to say, the assault on the Onyx Tower did not succeed. That's when Karen took his armies to the Fishers' Temple and found that they had been holding reserves of gold and items and weapons and things that they had been saying that they were going to give to him but never did, so he took all of it. He also took the rebels to the lighthouse and basically lit them on fire for seven days. This is how you make an example of someone who's trying to be treasonous to you, I suppose, if you're a horrible person. But that's not the end of the tower raids, no, no. In the 16th century, the Onyx Tower was again raided by renegade spirits. Stygia was stormed by renegades, Karen and his knights were there to meet the assault, but with the city being in panic, the assailants were able to use that confusion and they were able to get into the Onyx Tower. And they raided it. They took everything that they could from 
Karen. And from the Onyx Tower. One of the things that they took was the Spear of Longinus, or as it's otherwise known, the Spear of Destiny. This was the spear that was rumored to have pierced Jesus' side when he was, uh, when he was dead. They were just checking, poke, poke. Now the knights were able to get back some artifacts, but not everything. They did drive the attackers back, but there was some significant loss of life for the personal guard or the royal guard of Karen. Karen lives in the Onyx Tower and has guided Stygia throughout the centuries. As the Skinlands changed, as society progressed and advanced, he was able to watch them and take his cues and develop and change Stygia in the same way that the Skinlands was changing. And he's done this several times throughout history. The Industrial Revolution was one of them. The Age of Exploration was another one. That's when the English were exploring and finding that there was new lands that they could conquer, although there was already people living on them. Each time he's done this has been to advance his population so that they can be kind of the best in death, I suppose. Karen has enemies, unsurprisingly, and he wants to make sure that he is better than his enemies and there's been some decrees and changes that he has implemented to try to set himself above them. Now, the last thing to know about a wraith and the importance of the Onyx Tower. Did you know that a wraith, when it sleeps, still dreams? They dream in extreme passion. They dream in extreme emotion. And sometimes these dreams are guided by its shadow. They often dream in scenes that they experienced in life. They can also see and dream experiences that someone else had, as long as they're somewhat in the close vicinity. There are wraiths that try to sleep near the Onyx Tower in hopes that they will see a dream or get some sort of experience of some important dignitary or some important other person who is living near the tower. To what end are they looking to experience these dreams? Who knows? Maybe some just want to experience life again. Maybe they want to glean some insight into the future. And some view it as something holy, something to be revered, that they could get an image or get a memory of Karen. So what did you think of the Onyx Tower? Did I miss anything of significance? I know I did gloss over a little bit of the history and some of the maelstroms. I do plan to cover those in a different video. I would like to thank my patrons, Autumn Alchemist, Orbs McMellons, RRSBQ, Ducky, Vox, Caneroot, Warpony, Get of Math Rocks, BA Bravo, Arutvin, The First Layer, Bones Malone, Westheimer, and Ain't No Waifu. Thank you for your continued support. My name's Nathaniel. This has been The Maple Table. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.